1: Hello there and welcome to the Hosts of Westworld, a fan-critical podcast. Tonight we will be discussing episode three titled, and give me a chance with this, uh, Virtu e Fortuna. Lovely. Or Virtue and Fortune. Very well done. Why don't they just call it that? Before I uh, introduce you, Rowdy Rabble, unfortunately we are uh, one member short, Uh, Lucy couldn't join us tonight, Uh, but if you do stick around for the rest of the podcast, I will be revealing her personal details So you can contact her directly for her thoughts on the episode. So, welcome to... uh, I'm going to start with you, Gaz, all the way down in Australia. Welcome, mate.
2: Yeah, thanks, mate. It's it's about time that I wasn't the last to be introduced. So, enjoy that, Emma. I've ruined it now, haven't
1: I? All right, bubble boy. Needy. Um, Emma. Hello. Hello. And finally, Crazy Lynn. Hi, John. So, I guess... uh, Let's just kick it straight off with overall views on the episode. Um, As the lone female member of the group this week, uh, Emma, why don't you kick us off, give us your thoughts on the episode, and also give us a score, and again, explain for our first listeners, potentially, what the Blueberry Scale is.
3: Okay, so this episode for me was good, uh, easier to follow, uh, with slightly less mind-boggling timelines as we had... Boggly. Boggle. Uh, yeah, Bottle, yep. and game. just plomped down in some random point in time, like we did last week. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was as good as episode one and two. Uh, so, as you requested, our blueberry scale—that's how we rate everything that we watch uh, and review. And fan critical slash the host of Westworld. It is a scale out of five blueberries, no halves. I am going to slightly <coughs> harshly rate this episode a three out five blueberries
1: Ooh. over to you Len uh, why don't you tell us why uh, Emma is wrong so you usually call me a hype man you are you are very much a hype man yeah you, sh- you might surprise me this week you uh... agree with me
2: Len
0: I'm going to say that I'm very positive usually all the time and very, as I said, hype and very excited about things. Um, But I think this episode was still a very good episode of television. I just think that it it didn't really move the plot forward in a substantial way. It felt like it was a lot of action set pieces. Um, I didn't like some of the Dolores stuff, but then again, there's one scene in particular that I absolutely loved. Um, So I'm going to give it three out
1: of five Whoa! Yes. Oh my God.
3: For once, Len and I are on the that same page. That is
0: unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Gaz, are you going to agree with these, uh, these dish bags or are you going to These uh, suckers?
2: These suckers, yeah. I'm just, I'm stunned. I'm in shock that Len has given something less than or fewer than four blueberries. It is mental, yeah. I, I can't believe it to be honest. I mean, that's why we call him Crazy Len, isn't it? I, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the episode actually. Um, I reckon I've been slightly more cynical about this season so far than than others um I didn't love episode one did really like I did really like episode two to be fair and we're dealing with a fairly small sample size but this one i I agree with some of the points that the guys have made didn't necessarily move the plot on a lot but it's the plot that I'm a bit worried about so I, I didn't mind that in, in a weird way, fair. yeah, yeah, quite a big sense. part of the show, but fair. does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed the, the fact that the show kind of took a pause on that and just gave us some pretty cool action scenes. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give it just enough blueberries to top a cheesecake, which is four. Oh,
1: <laughs> unbelievably, uh, I'm gonna agree with uh, with Emma and, and Len. What in the I didn't particularly again, if we're talking about the very high standards of, of Westworld, um, and I don't want to be misconstrued as someone that, you know, would host a, a programme that I don't like. I love this programme obviously. I would say it's a, it's a three out of five and um but I guess just to uh uh to uh, summarise some of the points there, it is a slower episode, it's one that uh I think you need. In a series, I, mm. if every episode is like moving the pace too far along, you end up with um, quite an, I guess, uh, you end up being unsatisfied at the end of the season. You you need something to to start quite fast, slow it down a little bit, and then finish strong. So I'm gonna say uh, it's a three out of five, but that's that's not necessarily a bad score.
0: Yeah, and the standards that the show has set, like you said, have been so high, <clears throat> and um, I think you know the first two episodes we've given very good reviews of mm. um so I, d- I do think that this is a slower paced episode hey as i said it's still an excellent episode of television yeah absolutely with an amazing action sequence and you know some really good character beats at times it's still up there as, a, as an amazing still one of the best things to watch on television yeah we're yeah. just comparing it against itself
1: yeah thankfully uh unlike last week we only have two timelines to follow woo. so yeah in brackets i have put yay you've said woo so you're going off kilter. Yeah. Um but she's that's off, fine. She's off script, John. So the two timelines this week are about 2 weeks apart. Um so we're pretty much in present day. Uh we do however have three main stories to follow. Uh one introducing us to a whole new world. So that's where you insert Aladdin. A whole new world. A new fantastic um, we will be doing that on most of our podcasts. As always, um, I'm not going to follow the episode um, as it aired um, and jump around the the characters. I'm just going to focus on each story as they play out. That leads us nicely on to, what did you call that world?
3: British Colonial World or Raj no, World. No, it's not.
2: It's, let's, call it, let's call it British Raj World because it's clearly the British Raj. Okay, yeah, all right.
1: British Raj World. Uh, Len, do you want to <laughs> give it a guess? I'm going to go with Raj
0: World. I mean, when it first <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like... I'm just going to call it Colonial World. Yeah. Uh, but then, obviously, because I am in charge of um, trawling the internet to find anything and everything I can about theories of Westworld. Right, okay. Uh, well, you're con- talking about your personal Well, that's there. well. The, yep. the, the general consensus is Raj World, John.
1: Cool. Well, I mean, that does lead us nicely on to story one, which is uh, Grace in India Land. <laughs> now, Sounds like a different show, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and again, that's obviously a play on Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and in my notes, I've written it's definitely not racist. So you're not going to get me on that one. Um, So again, uh, I'm (laughs) going to go through my notes um, uh, as as I kind of wrote it, as I watched the the episode. I've obviously watched it twice. Um, Is this India or India world in uh, inverted commas? And um, I guess what I'm asking there is when I first watched it, initial thought was it's one of the worlds, one of the parks. But again, it could have been one of these where they're trying to audition these robots to potential buyers. I was so hoping it
2: was that, um, but it wasn't. What? So, hold on. So Sorry, mate. You thought that they decided to go back in time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: So, uh, we're introduced to two new characters, uh, Grace and Nicholas. Now, Nicholas is played by N- uh, Neil Jackson, uh, and he was in Flash Forward. Does anyone remember that TV, uh, yeah. TV show? Yeah,
0: very interesting premise that pretty much died a death because it wasn't very good.
1: Yeah, so cancelled <laughs> after a season. Um yeah. but I felt robbed to be honest. Because you, know, you start investing time. I mean, it was a Channel Five show. It was a Channel Five show. Um, but yeah, to see him again, I was like, oh, good on him for getting work. Yeah. Uh, hunting for tigers, wankers. Yeah, but, that annoys
0: me. Even if they're robot tigers, yeah, I'm annoyed.
1: Yeah, absolutely that annoys me. Even if they're robot CGI tigers, they are robots. <laughs> uh, well oh, they are fact. Um. Why can't they speak?
2: Yeah, I was wondering this. Are they sitting there questioning the premise of their own existence? Have they sw- flipped a switch as well? Obviously, some of the, uh, the the robots in in Raj world have kicked off, and that's fine. And the tigers are the, that tiger in particular is looking angry. But is it just that it's being a tiger? I'm going to come and eat people, or is it I'm furious at being? made and controlled, so I'm going to attack you.
3: I actually don't think yeah. that that is a stupid thing to say, Gaz. Despite, oh, I think it is. Despite the reactions of John <laughs> and Len. It's Lennon. absolutely not. And I'll tell you why for. I'll what? tell you why for. Go on, why for. Um, I think it's somewhere in the middle in that, yes, a, a tiger, a robot tiger would be programmed <laughs> to only go to a certain extent and obviously not kill people. Me-
2: <laughs> mental state.
3: If, if a robot tiger... not <laughs> making me laugh. It's a good point.
2: This is good. Thanks for the thanks a, for the support, Emma.
3: You're welcome. But if a robot tiger was again, inverted commas, tiger sentience...
1: That's not possible. <laughs> That's not possible.
3: What it, we're no. getting into silly territory. If it is possible. And let me finish. If the robot tigers <laughs> were to gain tiger sentience, then what they would do is they wouldn't become human. They'd just become like full feral like tigers. So they would just want to kill everything like a normal tiger would, not a robot tiger with limits. And I, I actually think that what Gaz said was smart. Well,
0: no. I, I'm just going to say... A, t- a real tiger doesn't have sentience. They're not going to put a proper human host brain in a tiger.
1: I also love the idea of <laughs> one of the tigers just going, <laughs> These violent tigers <laughs> are <punishes." laughs> um, That would be mental. Oh. Uh, so um, we're all in agreement that the tiger stuff is a nonsense. Uh, I put hashtag confirmation we're in a park. Um, and we've already discussed the name of the park, and it's definitely India world. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, she's giving not. him the cold shoulder. Oh no! Actually, they're fucking. So I can't read anything from women. Apparently, prove you're a human. Uh, and I put Blade Runner vibes. Yeah, very.
0: Uh, I agree with that, John. Very good. Very good shout.
1: Um, one because of the test, I guess. Two mm. because of like the lighting. It's very uh, like with the yeah. with the sun coming. It felt into... a bit noir-y, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Very noiry. Jesus, man! She shot him. He gets sex now. That's how the future works, apparently. So you get shot, but you get sex afterwards.
3: Just none of you use that in real life, please. I'm not coming to visit you in prison and you can't podcast from a jail cell.
1: I mean, you're already dead trying to have a fucking conversation with a tiger in London Zoo. So don't worry about that. Elephants! That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I like them. (laughs) Just in general or in the episode? No, I really like elephants.
3: (laughs) Okay, yeah, so
1: in general, yeah, good. Um, Hmm. Yeah, it's good. What is that journal uh symbol linked to Bernard later mm. in the episode mm. so uh I've put who are you woman um yeah who is uh, who is she who is grace well
0: uh I'm going to come on to some interesting theories later on in in uh, theory corner John but I will say that the symbol that you just referenced is also quite important and I think it might be a serious clue as, as
1: to who she actually is
3: good to marvel <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <Yeah, it's> good <laughs> Uh, and if you don't understand that gag, go and listen to our Avengers podcast. Uh, obviously part of the fan critical uh, group rather than this one. Where is everybody? Um, it's okay. He's silly gun can't hurt me. Nicholas is dead. Uh, of course he is. Uh, run woman. Ah, the hunter becomes the hunted. And I've put hashtag CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks yeah. very much. It's good tiger spears grace off a cliff into the lake which is mental she's having a bad day whoever she is ah so that was the tiger from episode one obviously swept up dead on the beach the tiger that they find and then they reference the oh we've got bengals in park six or whatever it was uh grace's day from hell ends with her bumping straight into ghost nation so uh we have already started discussing this uh, this thread but um i'm going to open it up to you len so mm. um for me this is probably the most interesting story um of of the episode mm. um i guess one of the complaints which is valid is that it, it the episode seems to slow down quite a lot but uh, you certainly can't argue that in the first 10 minutes of the episode. Um, so no, give me your thoughts on uh on Grace.
0: Uh yeah, so thoughts on Grace and the revelation of a park that we never never thought would have existed. I mean, I would not yeah. I would not have said this is one of the six parks. Um this took us all completely by surprise. Um the most some of the most interesting things for me in this are to do with who Grace is, uh which we will go into in more detail later. Yay. But um she obviously has a good understanding of the park. She obviously um is very Wary of sleeping with hosts, potentially. Um, <laughs> th- I'll come on to the reasons why I think this later. Prude. But there's also uh, some good stuff here where we see the boundary of the park and we see Love the laser it. the laser light that separates the park. There's a warning going on in the background. You are now leaving at the boundary of the park. Please turn back or whatever. Yep. And that's when she gets her over the, the edge of the <clears> cliff. <throat> um, so that's interesting because we're finally getting some actual like science behind how these parks are broken up um, obviously there's no security involved because daylo security has been totally pretty much wiped out at this mm. point yeah um, but it was great to have a new character I wanted new characters at the start of this season and hey it looks like we're getting a strong female character another strong female character in the show which I think is only a good thing
3: mm. he potentially I think might be a better one um, well, I th- also thought it was interesting, and I guess we'll come on to this when we talk about who Grace is, is that she knew to run for basically like the inner complex yeah. on the yeah. edges of the park. Yeah,
0: she knows her way around.
3: Which opens up a lot of questions that we can come to. I, this is my favourite part of the episode. And I think because I love this so much, the rest of it, this is why I kind of rated it mm. a three out of five. Compared yeah, to potentially, fours yeah. And fives, yeah, Because the rest of it didn't quite get me as much. Um, this and the ending. Were my two favourite bits. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But I'm looking forward to. It. Grace seems cool.
1: Uh, Gaz, uh, what did you, uh, what did you make of this? Obviously, I know you're not a massive fan of uh, of tigers that can hold a conversation. I don't think any of us are. But um, but this story in general, what were your overall thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, echoing what what Len said, I like the um, I like the fact that Park Six is the British Raj. It's not one that you would have would have predicted. So, um, pretty cool. I think it's a pretty niche market that they're aiming for there. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, have you ever wanted to uh, to be in charge of India? No. Yeah, well, like yeah, not I mean, it's India's a very cool place. It uh, you can have a lot of fun there. I know, you necessarily but want to be in charge of it. It's a big it's it's yeah. there's a lot going on. I
0: think it's an interesting it might be an interesting comment on um, the state of the actual world that they're living in now because that like, they're going to hunt tigers for example, <laughs> which could potentially be extinct at this point in their current timeline. Mm. Um, that you good know point. the elephants, the sort of beauty of India, the wildlife, which is why they're there. Um, it could be a very good, um, like, comment on the state of wo- of the world uh, that <clears> they're <throat> that they're from. Yeah, which I think yeah. is interesting.
1: I think I think that's a fair shout. I just have to say, and look, I I, I have no issue with India. I don't. Uh, and if you're listening from India, welcome. Um, But if I had to go to a park, you know, the Wild West, pretty cool. Medieval world, pretty cool. Some sort of future world, oh, I'm having that. Samurai world, god, that would be mad, wouldn't it? India world, definitely not. Dinosaur world, yes. There's a market for that. And if you are going to hunt animals, uh, yeah, and I, I get the point that it's been you know potentially if we're looking at the timelines let's say you know 50 years since tigers have been extinct or whatever mm. um but that's not that interesting to me as a, it, it, look if i if i was a businessman running a park i'm looking at dinosaur world that's what i want mm. some sort of jurassic park. Whoa, park park world um so yeah i i, I don't know but um yeah. was i surprised by it definitely
0: it's good stuff though I think it is interesting that they've taken a completely left field turn here I think
1: like, this, I think the set pieces are amazing I yeah. think
0: it looks great and, and visually like there's a different tone of grading that they've put on the shots the colour the beauty of India really comes across so Warm. hey I liked it I really liked it
2: yeah cool the, the, the Indian version of White Stripes is way better
0: than yes yeah, that is a good shout because uh, Seven Nation Army was beautifully covered in this episode at the start
1: You know what, I, I actually knew the instrument that was used as well. That's Sitar? Yeah, Sitar, correct. Yeah, there you go. So that's Len. Len is a Sitar player. Uh, no one wants to comment on the, the Grace bumping into Ghost Nation?
0: Yeah, I mean, Am I right? she, she looks up and sees Ghost Nation there. Um, I've got another theory about Ghost Nation later. Um, let's just say I don't think she's in any danger whatsoever. Oh!
3: I've also been reading this very same theory, I think, and I like it.
1: Uh, Hello there, this is the advert section of this pod. Uh, Apologies for disturbing your uh, absolutely thrilling uh, listening of this podcast thus far. Uh, I'm obviously taking the piss, hence the the voice that I'm putting on. Uh, If you have enjoyed this pod, uh, please do uh, review, share and subscribe. Uh, We are the hosts of Westworld. We are on iTunes, Spotify and all major podcasting apps. Uh, It's also worth noting our parent podcast, Fan Critical... Uh, Also on the major platforms we discuss other TV shows like The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, uh, we'll do a dragon but I'm not going to, Ghost Um, and Stranger Things. Uh, We also do major event movies, we've just done Avengers Infinity War uh, which is absolutely fantastic, Uh, please do listen if you have seen it Um, and we'll be shortly covering um, Solo and Deadpool 2. Uh, But other than that, I'll let you crack on with the rest of this pod. See ya. So uh, if everyone's happy with that, we're going to move on to story two. Um, And we're going to be covering Maeve, Hector and Lee Sizemore. Um, Straight off the bat, I'm going to say this is the weakest story for me. Um, And I didn't particularly enjoy it. Uh, It has uh, very few bits that are excellent.
0: There is one moment that is excellent. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but for the most part, it's uh, it's pretty dull. I've got to say. Um, so on to my notes. Uh, Lee was born to wear this costume. Yeah. <laughs> um, every time he he seems to crop up, he looks hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, and I've got to say, Lee Sizemore, uh, he's uh, he's a bit of a bit of a legend this season so far. He's a grower, mate. Yeah, a grower. <laughs> growing on me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Lee comes up with a far better plan than Maeve. Ghost Nation arrive. No subtitles to help us out.
2: I like um, that
1: though, but I like that because we're in the dark, like Lee and Maeve. We're kind of like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Is it is it bad? Um, Maeve can't control them. Shit. These are my notes. Uh, run away. They go underground like they should have done originally. Yeah. Um, and then. This seems to be a a recurring theme. Uh, It's happened in the first episode, the second episode, and now again in the third episode, where so we get two lines from Lee. uh, And the first one is, exactly what the fuck do you think you're doing? And secondly, you two were designed to be alone. What is wrong with these fucking
3: humans? I
1: agree with you, John.
3: They could rip his head off. I don't understand it. I... Well, he I, I think he feels like Maeve won't because Maeve needs him to find her daughter, which is her one mission right now.
1: Yeah, but, I mean... Oh, Don't push the luck. I know, come on, man. But,
3: like, but also, it's Lee Sizemore. Doesn't
1: serve a purpose, though. And when she died, the dream died with her, and I dared dream no more. It's uh, poorly, you know, a, a nice line, quite tragic. It's obviously talking about his, ex, uh, his ex-girlfriend his ex or wife, or whatever, I think it's his girlfriend. Uh, and then Maeve... <laughs> Um, decides to say, you wrote yourself a version of the man you always wanted to be, which is, I mean, that's a fucking mega burn there. Um, Absolutely brutal. Um, Man of blazes! So there's a guy just running around on fire. One of my favourite stunts when you see someone on fire waving their arms around and in a big jacket. yeah, Uh, In a big safe jacket. Uh, Armistice is back. Awesome. She has a dragon. Best line. It's good, isn't it? That is very little, good. little Easter egg for uh Game of Thrones. For Game of Thrones, yeah. Uh Felix is back. That's the only note I've put because it wasn't that interesting. You didn't like
0: Sylvester being back? No. No. I love Felix being back.
1: But no no, I, I mean I like him. I'm just like it wasn't a you know, he didn't do anything, it was just oh, uh, hello.
2: On Lee Sizemore, if if he, if Hector is who he wants to be as a man, he's fallen some way short, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um But,
1: I mean, Hector's a great man, let's be honest. He's a a handsome man, that's for sure. So Lee finds something in the snow. Um, Of course, it's a fucking head. And then, oh, shit, samurai! (laughs) So, um, Gaz, I'm going to let you lead the way on this. So uh, quite a lot to cover there. Um, But why don't you give me your initial thoughts on that story? You might want to kick off with the It's Entirely up to you.
2: Well, I I reckon I reckon you're right. A little, a little bit of a weaker storyline this one. I I actually sort of forgot what they were doing for a long time. Um and things like I mean this this seems to be a recurring theme an absolute trope of the show is elevators being conveniently placed <laughs> just when they need them like, what the fuck? Oh, shit, they're in a bit of trouble here, Ghost Nation. There should be an elevator right here. (laughs) Of course there is. Um, The only benefit is that they get us to Shogun World or Samurai World or Medieval Japan World, whatever we're calling it, (laughs) then it's worth it because this is going to be so cool. Although, actually, just thinking, are they they in um, Shogun World or are they still in West World? because they mentioned Lee Sizemore mentioned that they've just gone to the Klondike narrative I think it
3: is a continuation of the breaking down of boundaries that we saw with the tiger from India world yeah. coming into Westworld is yeah. it not? yeah I think that's definitely right yes. yeah definitely
0: right
1: Gaz I'm going to uh, obviously you've you've trained as uh, as a samurai as, as as Len correct
0: we have had samurai training
1: Uh, they ha- yeah, unbelievable
0: that's, that's not a joke that's yeah. dead, dead serious yeah
1: unfortunately as tragic as it might sound Uh, They have had some basic samurai training. Um, Some very basic samurai training. Um, So obviously the samurai are world famous for the noises they make. Yeah. Um, So and this samurai, of course, as it uh, bounds out of the darkness, uh, makes a fantastic noise. So Gaz, if if you want to give us kind of uh, an example as to as to what that sounded like. That's good. That's good. That Len, um, obviously, as uh, probably the more advanced uh, of the two. Samurai. Well, that's not true. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you want to do you want to give us your uh, rendition?
2: Yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Good. That's worked better than I thought it would. <laughs> um, so, Len, uh, obviously, you're clearly um, uh, the expert of the two. So, mm. uh, do you want to give I mean, us again, uh, your thoughts what is, on what is uh, this? <laughs> Um, do you want to give us your thoughts on uh, on this story, Fred?
0: Yeah, so can I rewind the whole of Maeve? Can I yeah, 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 go for it. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, I agree that a lot of the, the, the sort of Maeve and Hector and Lee Sizemore journeying across the park storyline is, is just stalling a little bit. But the interesting part about Ghost Nation is obviously that Maeve couldn't control Ghost Nation. Yeah. Which is a big... Um, thing that we'll come on to later, but it's very important for Maeve because she has that inherent fear of Ghost Nation anyway, due to the fact that her previous loops. Were, it, we obviously saw the man in black in her previous, uh, in the first season, and, yeah. and some of those other loops. He was the one who went in and killed her and her daughter. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't him, her loop, it seems, was always tragically bound to this fate where a Ghost Nation person would go there and scalp her and kill her daughter. Yeah. So she's got that inherent fear. So for her, this is like her kryptonite at the moment because she's pretty powerful, you know, yep. probably more powerful than Dolores at this point. Um. So that was really interesting. Armistice turning up with a robot hand. Loved it.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely loved it. I don't know where they got the robot hand from because they don't really work that way anymore. They, they work in the flesh and bone sort of uh <laughs> remit of robots, think, but it was um, pretty cool.
3: Sylvester and in... Not in the
0: future. Yeah, but they don't have any robot parts there as far as yeah, I understood. Yeah, somewhere. But that probably was awesome. Flamethrower awesome. Uh, and Hector, who has been seeming to be a more sentient host, <clears throat> reminds us once again that maybe some of these hosts aren't as fully realised at this point or fully sentient as we think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the delivery from Lee Sizemore, one of his best ever deliveries on the show, yep. the way he suddenly you know did that stupid comment and then read that line to Hector repeating it exactly as he said it mm. um I thought that was very good uh and I like that bit to be honest with you yeah um and finally on Shogun World um I don't think like, and I agree with Emma they're not in Shogun World they're in Westworld the park boundaries are gone but I also think that uh, the introduction of these characters will lead Maeve and uh Lee Sizemore and Hector and Felix and Sylvester into Shogun World because I have a slight suspicion that Maeve's daughter will have also gone past park boundaries. Potentially, if they're so close as they are now, I think she probably will have gone into Shogun World. So that's Mm. how we're going to be introduced fully into Shogun World.
1: Yeah.
3: Can I ask a question of the group? Yeah, of course you can. Excellent. Um, What does everybody think about the um, comparison of Dolores and Teddy and Maeve and Hector? As in that Hector is a bit slower on the old sentence sentience wagon, as is Teddy, do you think that that's interesting or yeah, shit? definitely Stupid
0: men. They, yeah, stupid men. it's stupid yeah, men. Uh, no, very interesting <clears throat> and definitely a good parallel. They even had that little face-off last week uh, with their own little cruise. Mm. Um, I definitely think they're going for something there and I think maybe they're going towards the, the, the point of the story at the moment is that Teddy in this episode seem to have a bit more um thought processes or at least what we believe to be breaking you know what he would usually do his usual yeah. actions so do you think yeah 100 percent. I, I just think that they they're sort of showing that i think by the end of it hector and teddy could become sentient but they're finding their own journey
1: there
2: males take longer to gain sentience in real life anyway don't they so yeah makes I, sense. Could, I couldn't think for myself for a long time to be honest with you,
1: <laughs> we're going to move on to story three dolores uh, Bernard and Friends, I'm gonna say, because there's so many people involved in this. Um I've also put a little note um in that says uh this initially starts in the furthest present. Um so again I'm gonna I'm gonna flow through these notes. There's quite a lot, so I might stop halfway through and get your thoughts if you are clucking or chomping at the bit uh to uh to discuss something that I say, then feel free. So uh it's the Delos squad um hashtag extra watch now anyone that uh that knows me and, and the way in which i watch programs for the most part i'm just looking for extras that either have quite funny lines uh giving it their all um or just some random person that are like how have they got this person to just be an extra um and the first person that walks up part of the delos squad um is that creepy maid from get out did you notice that
2: Fucking <laughs> out, great spot. I didn't realize it was her, but that's yeah.
1: Cool. I, I looked at her, and I was like, oh, she reminds me of someone. I'm like, it's bloody made from Get Out. So there you go. And if you're not seen Get Out,
0: go watch it. Uh, go very, and watch very it. Very good.
1: Yeah, we discussed it in uh, the fan critical Oscars um, preview podcast. Preview podcast. Yeah, uh, lots of dull talk, uh, which prompts a jump back to, and then we go two weeks back to Bernard and Hale, uh, who are tracking Abernathy. Uh, Stephen Ogg's back.
3: Yay.
1: No? no, no enthusiasm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm massively
0: happy to have Stephen Ogg back as Rebus, who uh, we said if you any of you ever listened to our Walking Dead podcast, he was one of the highlights of the Walking Dead season eight. Excellent, and, and
1: still is. So uh, yeah,
0: yeah, still is the only highlight. No joking, but um, he's great. What an actor, and I'm glad that he finally got a bigger part.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Trevor from GTA 5 is still his his biggest part, but well, uh, fair, whatevs. Uh, Jesus! They trapped Og pretty easily. Now they make a noise in the bushes. Uh, Og goes over. Hale's just on the floor, flipping him the bird for some reason. I that don't know weird. why. So weird. <laughs> uh, and then he just gets hit on the head with a rock. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell is this?" It's like it's Bernard in action, mate. Bernard. Um, um. But yeah, just so bizarre, so like stupid. Um. But anyway, uh, what then happens is, let's give him a little attitude adjustment let's make you the most virtuous, quickest gun in the West. Now, my next note is cue absolute fucking awesomeness um, because Og just turns into... I'm just going to call him Og. I know his name is Rebus, but... Uh, Stephen Og turns into just this unbelievable character, like a proper cheeseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just guns everyone down. And the lines that come out of him are just... I mean, I was cracking up. Yeah. Um, he makes his comment about um touching women as soft as as a petal. Yeah. Um I was like what is this? Like who's who would have written these lines? Lee Sizemore. For, yeah, well there you go yeah. Um, <laughs> Lee Sizemore, yeah. But fucking like idiot. <laughs> I I absolutely love that. I, I, I absolutely cracked up. Um Emma what do you think of uh, of Og going absolutely mental in a sort of cheesy heroic way?
3: I love Oggy and I really like the Oggy
1: Oggy Oggy. Oi oi oi.
3: Um, I really liked to switch. It just it cracked me up because he had that. Well, if you watch The Walking Dead, you know what I'm talking about. That kind of main maniacal, crazy, smiley, happy face where you just smiley expect him face. to go mental and mm. kill those like, people. Yeah, and yep. just lose his shit, and then he does. Um, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed Bernard <laughs> uh, and Abernathy in that in those scenes. Actually, yeah. I
1: mean. And I'll, I mean, I'll talk about Abernathy uh, later on. But um, since you men- mentioned him, my next note is Abernathy is flipping out, um, but he can carry a tune, singing a little song there, won't he? <laughs> um, that was weird, though, wasn't it? <laughs> that was weird, yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it.
3: He mm. plays this breakdown superbly. I, I you can't fault him. Like, no, yeah, you, a you hard can't fault for
2: him. the yeah. it's amazing. Just yeah. on um, on Augie, I don't even. know. I, um, <laughs> I love it when. Obviously, he's let he's let all the the guests go. He saved them, and they're all running off in directions because <laughs> he's so virtuous. He's chasing after one of them, going, "I'll escort you." And she's <laughs> yeah. just screaming like, yeah, it's, Leave alone. "It's the woman that he threatened to rape about four minutes ago."
0: <laughs> 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 what is she thinking? She's like, "This is nuts."
1: Yeah, she had a bad day, mate. Yeah, uh, Bernard and Abernathy get caught by. The confederados.
3: <laughs>
1: How many confederados are there? <laughs> I love these guys. Limitless. They're confederados. So uh, talking about the confederados, we jump to base confederado. Um, and we suddenly kind of jump straight into Dolores, uh, Teddy and her army uh, and their story. Um, so they're on their way to base confederado. Um and this line, I mean, when he said it, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I've got to write that down. So uh, we've got, like, this old, I'm assuming, like, their general. captain or general, general. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah spot on. Uh, an old general. Um, how I want to look in, like, four years' time. You know, proper washed up, but also, you know, an old <laughs> Um And he turns around and he says to this... Uh, this little crap young guy that got schooled in the last episode. We'll call him like Lieutenant Gareth for the sake of um, consistency. I quite like this guy, to be honest. I think he's quite cool. <laughs> um, he is quite good, yeah. Uh, and this old uh, this old general says, Major, why is this flax and plum riding ahead of you? Um, flax and plum. It's a new insult. I <laughs> I mean, the old times. Great. Yeah i mean i will be using it um i'm just waiting for the opportunity to use it uh in real life uh welcome to fort forlorn hope that sounds grim uh that can't be getting many good reviews on TripAdvisor. abernathy takes a beating so uh, i mean I, I feel so sorry for him he's standing there skitting out um jumping between random characters uh and just some guys just beating on him. So <laughs> like, come on, man. Um so he's he's in a he's in a world of trouble. Um Teddy then saves him, or I've written Teddy iron some douche out. Um toss him in jail with the rest. Uh Dolores not a fan of Bernard. So Abernathy's sitting there and, and again he's he's kind of jumping between roles. Uh Teddy <laughs> uh Teddy says to Dolores who is he? Um, I feel so sorry for Teddy. He, he is just so confused at this point. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, I'll tell you what I really loved about Teddy, and uh, uh, and I'm a big fan of his, his character anyway. Um, when Dolores tells him, oh, that's that's my daddy, uh, which sounds a bit weird, a bit sexual, but we'll just say that's my dad for the sake of non-sexual. Um, he uh, He takes his hat off. Uh, in respect. Like little yeah, genuinely little his, moment. Yeah, a little nuance. Um I really like
2: that. Um but that's how that's how um like how wedded to his his programming he still is maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah but also you know, he he's uh he's not quite there, but you can tell that he's getting there a little bit and for him to still do that I thought was uh you know very honourable. Yeah. Virtuous if you will. Then you get a, a little touching scene with uh, Dolores and uh, and Daddy. <laughs> um, now, Lewis Hertham, who plays Peter Ab- uh, Abernathy, by the way, um, is unbelievable. And, uh, and I mentioned this in, uh, in the preview uh, podcast. Uh, and from what I understand, his role was supposed to be limited this season. But such was the reaction to his uh, performance in season one. Um, they wanted to keep him around.
0: Well... This scene is, in my opinion, the best scene in the episode um, because there's there's a lot going on with it uh, and <clears throat> the acting, like you just mentioned, is phenomenal. He stole the show with that speech to Ford and Bernard in the uh, first episode of season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since then, we've been saying, this guy's a decent actor. We've seen him a lot of stuff before. And the way he plays jumping between his characters, conversing with Dolores, and then the way that Evelyn Rachel Wood plays off of that is very interesting, especially considering how we see her and how dark she's become as a character in the first three episodes of this season. Yeah, um, she res- resorts here. <laughs> well, you're skitzing out. No, then? yeah, I'm skitzing like Abernathy. <laughs> she resorts to her programming of being the farmer's daughter. Yeah, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. like similar to how Maeve is chasing. A daughter that, like even Lee Sizemore stupidly says, isn't even hers. Mm. Dolores here is doing exactly the same thing that Maeve is doing, clinging on to this programmed life that she actually resents and hates. Yeah. Mm. But yet she's going to it. And the way they play off each other um, was beautiful. The acting was superb. And for me, I said, the, the Dolores monologuing, we've said it a bit, can be, it's getting a bit much, but it is a bit heavy. Th- yeah. This was a moment where that all went. Wyatt, Mm. who she seems to be more focused on at the moment, seemed to disappear. And Dolores that we knew she even changed her accent halfway through the speech. Yeah. Yeah. She was full Dolores farmyard accent. And then halfway through when she realised what she was doing, buying into the programming, the thing that she resents and wants to destroy,
1: Mm.
0: she switched out again. It was awesome. I absolutely loved it.
1: Well, yeah, look, on, on that on that note, so the the line that she says is, I'm gonna get you help, Daddy. Um, which is basically a callback to pretty much the same dialogue. I'm not. I'm, it might yeah. even be word for word the same dialogue from the very one. first episode. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which is great. Um, and again, you mentioned uh, the acting of of uh, of Lewis. Um, thankfully, we're going to get to see the acting ability of uh, of you and Emma, um, because the next uh, line. As much as I'd love to play Dolores. Uh, and Please don't say Len's doing it. No, he's, not, he's not. No, he's going to be doing Bernard. He's going to be oh, doing his course. Rick Grimes Bernard. This is uh, an important bit of dialogue because obviously we've got Dolores and, uh, and Bernard, uh, and we're itching to see them, uh, you know, engage in one another. Uh, and it goes a little something
3: like this. It's been some time, Bernard, since we talked, just you and I.
1: What are you doing, Dolores?
3: You don't know who you are, do you? The man you're based on. I wonder if there's any of him in you.
0: I was given a character, a story, and a function to serve like you.
3: My whole life has been dictated by someone else. Someone who's been saying, you will. And now, now I feel like I've discovered my own voice. And it says, I may.
1: Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, Emma
2: Emma Phillips playing Dolores as herself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I can only do Mexican accents, and uh, well, that's what you're
1: let's confederate because you know, we'll end up getting thrown off that board again because of racism. I wasn't prepared, um, but I'll
3: practice again for, for next week, and I'll, yeah. I'll get the accent. I liked right?
1: it. I liked it. Yeah. Um, you, you've made the character your own, and by making the character your own, I mean you've just done yourself. F- <laughs> nah, no, no, it was good. I liked it. I liked it. Very, very, very well good.
2: delivered. Well done, team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, if that was the episode, I would have given it you know two blueberries
2: out of five. Take
3: that.
1: That's followed by Dolores saying, um, and it's an important line, actually, uh, it's an honest request, not a demand, when referencing Mm. if uh, Bernard will help out uh, her daddy. Um, Abernathy is encrypted. Uh, Hale and Delos saddle up for a war. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, don't ignore the pun. Sorry, mate. Um... Sir, they're coming up from under the ground. Uh, That's a good line. Yeah. Um, kind of like Alien as well in a way, but you know, or Alien should I say? Yeah. Tremors. Tremors. Yeah. 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 Kevin Bacon. Uh, Confederados aren't torture treat.
3: Woo! Confederados, I
1: love you guys. Um, (laughs) obviously, following that, most of the Confederados are then killed. Um, annoyingly by both sides. Now. Not a fan of that. Um, mm. I've written down "boo" uh, with you know several O's um, and a few exclamation marks because uh, like that pissed me off. Yeah,
0: and I, there's some interesting things here. Can we pause and go through the battle? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Can go through it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So some interesting things here with the, with the actual battle itself. Um, we're in like the far future. I've got a cut. This is where I've got a couple of niggles. I love the way it looked. It looked cool, but we're in the far future. They would be using drones here. They would be using. <laughs> they would be using something other than fucking buggies. We
3: said this last night, me and the girls I was watching with. Right. Why wouldn't they just blow the? You'd fucking You'd have machine
0: up? guns on drones. They wouldn't be able to take them down. There'd be loads of them. No, drones are use... extinct.
3: No, just... <laughs> yeah,
0: they're, back, they're, they're all like tigers. <laughs>
3: but also, just drop a fucking bomb.
1: Well, that's too much.
0: Why is it they're killing all the hosts? Just grenades. Oh, them they
1: want. No, they want to get fucking Abernathy.
0: Okay, that's true. In the back. They'll bomb everything. That in isn't the front. What sort
1: of strategy is this?
0: I'm a general. I'll tell
1: you what we do: we just bomb everything. You. Oh, Jesus.
0: No, I'm blow to Just blow it. it all up. But <laughs> a, a couple of comments on the on the battle, though. It was it was cool to see like the Delos organisation like bring in sort of modern warfare against the Confederados. Confederados, the um, raid. And I liked the fact that Dolores sacrificed the Confederados to eventually lure the Delos organisation in. Obviously, they're super confident. They've got amazing technology, yep. or like ridiculous machine guns, yep. uh, and then use the nitrous to blow them all up. Mm. Yeah. Another comment I have that I don't <laughs> agree with is the fact that we just saw last week her resurrect all the confederados that she killed. Mm. Why is she not doing the same thing here? I know she has this policy of saying that some of them don't deserve to come to the outside world or don't deserve to make it, mm. but... It just feels to me like you've got a whole army there. If she brought them all back at this point, they would all follow her because they'd be like, "We've just died, and they were back alive again."
1: Yeah, I uh, I thought the exact same thing. Um, but look, you know, this this show is not without its plot holes. But mm. um,
0: well, it's obviously her motivation. There is that she doesn't she doesn't want to be aligned with these sorts of hosts. Yeah, that's her mode. That's what they're trying to get but, at, I think. But and my
2: not- my problem with this is like the host. The host is just the physical being, like their personalities can be changed, there's nothing that says this person, this host is a better person than this, like, you could put Teddy's personality in any one of those bodies, like, why, how is she, how is she making these judgments about a program, like, that's not, surely that's kind of anti hope. this is my problem with Dolores this season, is, like, I just don't, get it i don't get what her motivation is i don't understand her end game
0: you're completely right about that with the personalities of the host there's even a line earlier in the episode where Dolores says teddy says we shouldn't be aligning ourselves with these people and mm. Dolores says they're just children they've never known any better which is a yeah. bang on from her completely right all Correct. they've ever done is been <clears throat> created and put into this storyline where they're confederados Confederado, they're and, re- and, and, and they Confederado. kill people and do what they want so why is she saying that to Teddy one minute and then the next minute killing them all?
3: Do you think maybe it's something to do with the fact that if you've only ever lived one storyline and one character, you, it will take you longer to become sentient because you've had less experiences that you can draw on? Potentially.
1: Example. Potentially, I guess. Uh, I mean, look, they reference that, again, in the very first episode, that Dolores is the oldest host in the park. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I guess that definitely holds some water um Gaz you're about to say something
2: I just find it hard with Dolores to care about the the bigger stuff the macro storyline and and that was why it was really nice to see that kind of um on a on a more personal level her with her dad it was i mean it's a bit, bit depressing i guess but it, it it's sort of like um seeing just any character with their their dad dying or suffering from alzheimer's or something like that's what it sort of seemed like and and that was the most i've cared about Dolores um this season. that was the most um empathy or sympathy I had for her as a character um at any point i i'm finding it really hard to care about her, her wider mission because i don't get it i don't understand yeah, <clears throat> yeah which is
1: going. which is fair and, and um well look i don't think we're supposed to understand at this point to be honest mm. so so we're going to crack on um and talking about cracking so Bernard cracks uh Abernathy yeah um so he obviously hacks into him mm. uh that sounds horrendous yeah um obviously it's you know computers and shit ghost and shell sort of stuff mate and obviously when he uh when he does hack Abernathy um we see the same symbol that's shown in Grace's journal yeah so um should we save any more talk of this for Theory Corner
0: uh, not necessarily the symbol, because uh, we we're going to talk about Grace in Theory Corner. Um, I, I think the symbol illustrates a something that Bernard has never seen before. Maybe mm-hmm. a, a separate organization, a separate part of Delos that has been kept secret from him. Well, like, yeah, like a secret, uh, like a separate section or function of Delos that him and Ford didn't know about potentially. Mm. Um, and there are certain people who do know this symbol, like like Grace, who we saw, and also. Charlotte Hale, um, I think she knows what the symbol is. I think certain higher, I think probably William knows what's going on here, and I think this links back to Billy. Billy, I think this links back to uh, the discussions about DNA stealing, the discussions about replicating hosts to be exact clones of humans. I think this is that project. I think, it, this is what I believe, mm. that this is what Bernard sees. He can't believe what he sees. He's like, what is this? Like, it's not just all the park information. He understands that. Yeah. It seems to me like it's something he's never seen before. Yeah. So for me, I think they're trying to smuggle out all of the DNA data, the the possibility of replicating humans. Yeah. It makes sense, form. doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat>
1: um, And that's got, the potential for some very very good stories. Yes, uh, definitely. I
2: haven't thought too much about the symbol. I, th- I, th- I wondered though whether Abernathy. Well, I suppose he must have been. They, they've chosen Abernathy deliberately. Do you reckon? Um, like as uh, in terms of who's which host is smuggling this out?
0: Yeah, um, and we, we we mentioned the the crazy theory last week.
2: Crazy
1: Lenin. He's uh, crazy. Ready for that his. didn't
0: go down too well uh, on. It hasn't gone down too well on Reddit, and it hasn't gone down too well in um, other social media platforms. But the idea that James Dalos, Daddy Dalos, as we <laughs> call him on this podcast, um, is actually inside Peter Ab- Abernathy somewhere. Oh, not in that way, John. But that his consciousness is somewhere in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. And I is don't like that. He was either. a
0: specialist case to sort of take out.
2: See, I thought, I thought maybe it's it's a way of trying to, like you said earlier. Um, how Dolores reverts back to farm girl? <clears throat> I think you actually said resorts, but um, she reverts back to farm girl, and I thought maybe have they have they deliberately chosen Abernathy to have this code so that they can they can sort of short circuit Dolores's progress a little bit. Um, just a thought. Come no, look, and it's, uh, and it's a good
1: court. one. Um, Abernathy stolen. Dolores is an absolute machine. Terminator. Literally. Terminator, mate. It was it was out of terminator. Taking shots to the arm slash stomach without flinching. Uh that was cool, wasn't it? She's a T eight hundred. There you go. Uh Bernard is knocked out by Clementine for some reason. That pissed me off.
0: She's looking creepy this season, man. <laughs> oh my god. Oh she's, my
2: god. She's moving Terrifying.
1: like robot zombie. Rombie. Rombie. Take this dog out back. Put him down with a rest pretty brutal uh and then uh little little lieutenant gareth says uh we ain't so different you and i are both trigger men to tyrants um and then teddy lets him go uh and and i've said uh his virtue uh i guess a call back to to the name of the episode but uh his virtue is putting him on a collision course with dolores Mm. um so i guess uh quite a lot to to cover there um Emma, do you want to kind of summarise that story? I mean, we we have, you know, we've spoken a lot about it. Is there anything else that you want to uh, want to cover from that?
3: Um, I think the the most interesting part there for me is the Teddy and Dolores thing. Uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier about the the comparison between Teddy and Hector. Obviously, Teddy is clearly not got quite as many balls as Hector, poor fucker. Um, Why but, are you saying that? Because well, he's a bit weak, isn't he? Well, I
1: don't know. I think
0: he's. Um, I think he's, he's been dialed up a notch. Yeah.
3: However. Um, I quite like the fact that um Dolores appears to be using this as a test because she was watching him um i guess either to see if if he's worthy of the great beyond um or to see how far he's uh, he's come in his sentience
1: well look i mean i'm I'm not one for being able to read uh, the signals of women uh i mean as no. evidenced in uh, <laughs> in the first story um so that look that she gives teddy you know is is she happy with Teddy or <laughs>
3: I'll be honest, I'm not sure either, but um, I think that you could look at it two ways. Either Teddy is sticking to his programming and you know trying to be nice, or he's rebelling against it because he's rebelling against Dolores, but okay. doing the thing that he thinks is right. Yeah, I think it's difficult to know.
1: Well, look, I mean, it looks like a look of disappointment, mm. but is is the disappointment in him, or is the disappointment in the fact that he can't break free? Of this perceived and, kind that, of and that's thing the interesting. That he's
0: in. That's the interesting discussion there because <clears throat> when I fir- first watch, I thought it was a disappointment in him not following her orders. But yep. what you've just mentioned there probably makes a bit more sense. The fact that Teddy inherently is a good person, yeah, who is one of the good guys in Westworld, mm. and she's trying to maybe test his programming, mm. uh, and maybe you know he's not quite there yet. I mean, obviously. Setting up this clash between them is also an interesting um, thought process because obviously we see Teddy dead in the water in episode one. Mm. Um, He's the only significant character we see in the water that is dead. We don't see Dolores dead or, or anyone else. There's loads of other bodies, obviously. So it would be interesting to think maybe this leads on a collision course where Dolores kills Teddy. Mm. Um, so that's an interesting point. Or cast him asunder like she has the Confederados.
1: Cast him asunder. I like that. Yeah.
0: So uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on here. Probably one of the more interesting things in Dolores' storyline this episode.
1: Mm. I have to say, I, I mean, Teddy's is growing into my, my favourite character. I like him. Yeah, I like him, I like yeah, him, I like him, him too. Um James Marsden brilliant actor doing a very good job. Yeah, obviously, you know, Oggy running around now as this uh this brilliant man that saves everyone, he's obviously the best.
2: He's going to be
0: comic relief for the rest of the season. Oh, he's going to be so good. He's,
2: <laughs> he's going to be great. He's going he's just going to turn up like just in time a couple of times, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right, when all, all hope right! is lost. Um I I didn't I didn't love how I didn't love the setup of the the test for Teddy because Dolores is is like, right, yeah, take these Take these out back and kill them like dogs or whatever she says, and then and then she's like, I, yeah. So I'm I'm just going to go over here and do some other stuff. <laughs> and then she like just sneaks around the wall and peers around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah yeah yeah.
2: Just doing a bit of
1: tidy up here and just uh, not watching what you are doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, night. I'm not Especially. watching. All right, mate. Well, um, that that brings the. The episode discussion to a close, and I guess look, we could be sad, or we could be very happy because now we're going on to Lenny's crazy theories.
0: Alright then, guys. Welcome to our third edition of, uh, or actually fourth now, edition of Crazy uh, Theory Corner. We're just going to call it Theory Corner. I'm going to bring you a couple of more down-to-earth theories this week, uh, as well as one that we've actually referenced in an earlier episode. So, back Dude, in...
1: this is crazy theories. What's Sorry, going mate. on? Well, this is
0: the, the, cra- the first one's the crazy one. So, right. back in uh, after the first episode, we had a lot of theories about Bernard. Now, we had a theory that Bernard was actually Teddy. Uh, We had a theory that Bernard was actually housing a lot of the consciousnesses of the hosts. Um, But one of the ones that we didn't originally like potentially that much, but has actually grown a bit of traction now is the one that Bernard is actually being forced to be on a loop constantly by the Delos organization. Um, There is more evidence that this is actually a fact. A lot of them are continuity errors, um, which is very rare for a show that is this meticulously crafted. Um, they don't make mistakes and they don't make multiple mistakes. Um, so the theory is, just to recap it, is the fact that the Bernard that work week wakes up on the beach uh, in the current present timeline and gets, meets Strand and in this episode meets Charlotte Hale and the rest of the cleanup crew, that he is actually being forced to relive this loop of waking up <coughs> on the beach, interacting with all of these people um, so that eventually he tells them what the fuck happened. Uh, because they can't figure it out and he's the only one they can get to do it. They know at this point that he's a host and they just keep rebooting him into the same programming over and over again. Yep. The evidence we cited in the first episode was the fact that he finishes some of Strand's sentences. Some of the actions and acting, like Stubbs, seemed very fake. You saw a card of her shuttling, uh, one of the guards shuttling through hosts, potentially, and Bernard's picture was on one of them. There's more evidence to back this up. So from a trailer that was released uh, we can see that the Bernard that sees the Bengal tiger on the beach there is another Bernard that sees the Bengal tiger on the beach he's wearing a different outfit that would imply that he's run that same loop twice the next thing to note is that the, the, the bodies that were left after the aftermath of um, Dolores killing everyone and Ford at the party um, when the man in black wakes up there are different bodies in different positions to when Bernard is walked through that same scene by Strand and the first Delos crew to walk in there. Some of the bodies are different.
1: Who's noticing that?
0: Well, this is this is it, mate. This is how people found out that William was actually the man in black by the first second episode of, of season oh, one.
1: No, but that is mental. So
0: some of the continuity errors are glaring. Like, that is just weird that they've done that because they would have shot that scene at the same time. It wouldn't make any sense to go away and shoot another scene. Did anyone else think that the way that Charlotte Hale greeted Bernard in this episode was bizarre? She was like, Bernard, didn't think you'd make it. It was, all quite, <laughs> it was all quite fake and a bit weird. And there's a lot of people saying that she's, you know, buying into this loop theory to try and jog Bernard's memory. Bernard also didn't say anything in this present timeline. He mm. was very quiet and it was very weird. So I would say it's possibly the most popular theory at the moment in terms of what is actually happening here. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the correct one. However, the continuity errors could just be continuity errors. But for a show that is made this meticulously, uh, that is an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, So, guys, now we've run through some more evidence for this theory. You didn't like it the first time round. What do you think now?
1: Uh, I mean, I still don't like it. Um, I
0: think it's the more interesting one. It's an interesting
1: one, but I, I guess... Oh, I mean, if I was working for Delos, that'd fucking wind me up doing that every day.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: i like, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm.
0: They might not have to do it every Stop day. Stop this. You can do it several times a
1: day. Even still. I mean, mm. that, in a way, is more annoying. Mm. You know, you work nine to five, and that's it, you go <laughs> home. Imagine working nine to five, nine to five, nine to five, then going home. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, the continuity errors without seeing them. I mean you call them glaring, I didn't notice them, but you know, I'm not watching this a hundred times. You but... don't see
0: obviously you're not gonna they're not <laughs> continuity areas where you see like, oh the man in black's over there and then he's suddenly teleported over to the other side of Frame. Yeah, why is he waking up on the roof? They're not doing that. It's literally the scenes are like 40 minutes apart, so you're never going to notice them. Mm. Do you see what I mean? They're just yep. dead bodies on a street. Yep. Anyway, they probably could be continuity errors. It's just interesting when this show is so well made that that mm-hmm. would happen. There, is pe- there are people there who are specifically on continuity duty. Their job is to take pictures of every single frame and make sure nothing moves. Mm. Very interesting.
1: Conts, I think they're called. Oh, yeah, conts. Um, um, all right. Well, fair enough. Fair well, look, what about you, Emma? What, what do you think?
3: I, I still don't like it as a as a legit theory however it is it's growing legs (laughs) and um it's interesting and i i have also come across some things like that that link to some other stuff (laughs) but i think that um i think i do think it's interesting i still don't think it's real
0: the grace theory um now from imdb uh and as john has referenced earlier as and as we have referenced um this new character is called grace Hmm. on imdb um but what if she was, in fact, the man in black's daughter, Emily? Fucking hell. Now, there are several key indicators that this might be the case. Um, obviously, they're not going to go on IMDb and call her Emily because that will just give the game away. And they're trying to, you know, divert people's attention away from this, potentially. They, you know, <laughs> HBO has definitely been known to do that before, like with season five of Game of Thrones and all that stuff. Here's the evidence. Um her age we've seen the young emily in a flashback in a previous episode it kind of matches up where the sort of age she looks in this so that's the first point Mm. she has an extensive knowledge of the park it seems similar to sort of interest that the man in black has in the park Mm -hmm. um she's skeptical of the hosts and to the point where she refuses to sleep with the hosts as far as we can gather she won't she wants to check that he's human all of that jazz. Now, why else? Why would she do that? I mean, maybe a principal thing, but perhaps it's because she knows about the DNA stealing program that's going on and doesn't want her DNA being copyrighted in any way, shape or form.
1: Mm.
0: Fact number one. Yep. She also, as we saw in her notebook, had the same symbol that, that the encrypted data in Abernathy had. And we referenced this earlier. That's quite important. Yep. Why would she have that logo Ooh. if we believe it to be the secret logo for the separate section of dalos that ford and bernard didn't know about how else would she have that but it would be fascinating if um if it was her mm. because that would set up a very interesting meeting now with your favorite character john ed harris and the men in black man in black um <laughs> men. men in black oh my god <laughs> that's a different world wills that, bill smith that's one of the other worlds um, but no, it'd be very interesting to see this happen, guys. What do you think if Grace is actually someone more important? I'm going for it, Gaz. First, I
2: would find it very hard to argue against any of that. I reckon that's a, a great theory. I love it. Um, I initially thought that she would—that she was somebody's daughter. I didn't really sort of think it through. Um, but my first thought was she's she's got to be somebody of import, and um, I think that being being um, william's door makes a lot of sense i reckon that's um that's a great shout uh it also perfectly explains why she wouldn't want to have sex with a robot um <laughs> i like that a lot and um, i'm I'm on board fully on board great everyone else love it <clears throat> i also like
1: this theory i do genuinely um it uh, it makes a lot of sense yeah um and I guess earlier when you said uh, oh, I'm up for some tepid, you know, bog average theories, uh, that doesn't mean they're not good ones. And um, I think that, uh, yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Can't argue against it.
3: But I mean, I suppose also the other hesitance against sleeping with robots could be that she knows <laughs> about Billy's experience with Dolores and what that then did to him as a person. Yeah,
0: so the emotional scarring it can cause and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And the way it broke apart her family potentially and made Precisely. her mother maybe kill herself and all that sort of stuff that was referenced in the first season so yeah. there's a lot of interesting points there I would love to see a scene with Ed Harris and her later on yeah bloody love it. and I want to see her uh, more of her as a character because I think she's awesome um, and the fact that she winds up on the beach uh, with Ghost Nation leads us on to the Ghost Nation theory now this has been this is pretty popular at the moment everyone's sort of pretty much saying this so let's just say it for everyone um Ghost Nation potentially are kind of like a fail-safe if everything goes wrong. Like they have been programmed to protect humans, protect if in the event of a massacre of what's happened at the moment. Yeah. Um, this uh, I think this theory originally came from someone on Reddit called Dupreme. Um, <laughs> Dupreme. Dupreme. Um, we know that uh, Stubbs originally found... Elsie's distress beacon at the end of season one. Mm. Elsie, someone who has been missing for a very long time. And we saw her in a flashback of Bernard's get strangled by Bernard, but mm. never actually saw her die. So kind of like to think she's still alive. The theory goes like this. It goes that Elsie is actually reprogrammed ghost nation to protect humans or employees, um, which is why she sent Stubbs out there and why Stubbs was never hurt by Ghost Nation. We know he's fine now in present day timeline and why he was just rugby tackled by them or whatever. Mm, Yeah. And then he's now reappeared. Absolutely fine. We also know that the Ghost Nation were searching out Lee Sizemore. They are, they requested just Lee Sizemore. So that's an interesting, Mm. interesting point there as well. And at the end of the episode, they come into contact with Grace and that's why I think she's actually going to be fine because the Ghost Nation is this fail-safe that has been put in place to protect these people. Mm.
2: Um, I like that one too. That's, yeah. It
0: also explains how Maeve wasn't able to control them because they're not on the same network.
3: May I have one niggle with this one? Because I like it. Niggle away. Majority like it. I'm just not sure about the Elsie bit. I kinda of feel like we should get over the fact that she's dead. It's maybe somebody I else I don't think
0: yeah. There's there's I no mean, way she's dead. There the is the
3: rest of it though, I love I love the idea that the most terrifying people in this park are are Ghost Nation and yet they're there to protect people yeah. like us. Well Yeah, you
1: lot, I, I'll I'm only I'll only like it if in the next episode she looks up and this Ghost Nation fella just turns around and goes It's okay, you're safe. (laughs) Like, that would uh, crack me up. That would be hilarious. And then Rebus
0: turns up, and it's just a massive fun time (laughs) for everyone.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, another solid theory, and again, um, not one that... I mean, when you initially said it, I got a little bit annoyed. uh, Because I was like, oh, come on. I I mean, it's so convenient, isn't it? But actually, it makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. uh, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and look, you know, there's the human characters need some sort of support at the moment because they're getting absolutely decimated. Mm. So it was a bit pointless if it just... Delos turn up, get absolutely slaughtered. Delos turn up, get absolutely slaughtered. They need a bit of a helping hand. You know, Dolores also killed, on camera, one of these Ghost Nation people, in the very first episode yeah, uh which would also lead to believe uh that she doesn't view these hosts as worthy because they're still under programming yeah. so hey it's got legs i think and is one of my favorite theories at the moment um but i think all three that we've mentioned today are very interesting mm. and are very possible at this stage
3: yeah well, two out of three this week for me then well done there you go <laughs> first week bullshit this
2: one great. <laughs>
1: Okay, so, uh, Gaz, um, I understand that you obviously want to add a feature to this. Uh, I think Len is fuming at this point, but it's only a short one, isn't it? Len, uh, uh, you know, I know obviously you've got to edit all this, but, Gaz, uh, you now want to discuss worst line of the episode. Um, so, Gaz, why don't you uh, why don't you give us the line and deliver it in, uh, in that character's voice?
2: So, when Armistice first arrives and she goes... Love to say hello. We've got to run. Isn't it easier just to say hello? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Line. I mean,
1: that was big build up for nothing, to be honest. Yeah. And, and the delivery was, was shambolic. Um, so that was Gaz's worst line of the week. Okay. So, uh, so that's it uh, for another pod um if you have enjoyed listening do review share and subscribe uh to the hosts of westworld we are on itunes spotify and all major podcasting apps uh it's also worth noting our parent podcast fan critical also on the major platforms we discuss other tv shows like the walking dead impression emma ah,
3: what the fuck is that i don't know Bear.
1: all right i mean it's the walking dead for fuck's sake. jesus len you know give us a zombie Again, <laughs> sexual zombies. Um, Game of Thrones. Gaz, give us a John Snow. Hey,
2: all right, lads, let's go and have a party.
1: <laughs> How are you going to cut out there? Uh, and uh, and Stranger Things. There will be no impressions because Lucy is not here. Uh, we also cover major event movies like Avengers: Infinity War. Go check that out.
0: We just released that last week. If you have seen the biggest cinema event probably in history at this point, um, go listen to the review because it's good fun and uh, we literally do a full spoiler cast on it.
1: Yeah, huge movie, almost as big as uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, so uh, <laughs> nice little reference nice. there to a classic movie. Uh, we'll also be, uh, in the next couple of weeks, covering Solo um, and also Deadpool 2 for some reason. Because Because um, it's bloody hilarious, all right, so don't doubt it. Gaz, see you later, mate.
2: See you.
1: See you later, everybody. Thanks. Yeah, nice little uh, new thing you added this week. Uh, Emma, thanks very much. Thank you. And uh, and Crazy Lynn. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. We'll be back next week with some more more tinfoil theories. I look forward to it. Uh, and obviously, thanks from me, John. I never introduced myself, um, mainly because of the hate that this uh, gets. But uh, it doesn't. It gets lots of love, so don't. Uh, and that's it. So thanks very much, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. These violent delights have violent ends. <laughs> oh, <come> on, <laughs>